the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast, where the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And I'm Corey. Hey, Corey's <laughs> back in the house. Oh my god, you haven't invaded BFOP for a while. I know, it, it's uh, been forever. Been. Thank you guys for having me back on, although Adam and I do pretty much still record every <laughs> single week with uh, Cartwright, although we're on to pretty much we're on to Curb now, pretty much exclusively, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then we all play uh, Call of Duty usually on Wednesdays, so I still kind of see these guys and everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's fun to uh, get you back on this show, though, because you have some wonderful insights, and I know you are a fan of this movie right here. We're talking about and it's a uh, it's an alien Arnold type of episode. Uh, we've already talked. I remember you and me talked total recall, yep. as you call it, on uh, Ready to Retro. Um, and John, definitely, we we love our Arnold as well. Mm-hmm. We are going to be discussing Predator. The uh, 1987 classic, and we are not doing an Arnold show, because he didn't really have any TV shows, but we are going to be doing an alien-based show. If anybody remembers Alien Nation out there, we are going to talk Alien Nation, and then we're going to do our own recasting of Predator. Very excited about that. Now, there have been a bunch of different Predator movies, and even basically, you know, revamps already um be kind of done different way but we'll see how each of us kind of do these casting i'm very excited to see what you guys put together yeah i'm excited i think i got a good cast yeah me too me too (laughs) me too so uh all right so 1987 john what else happened that wonderful year all right so the film was released on june 12th 1987 the billboard top 100 single for that week you keep me hanging on by kim wilde Me hanging on. Yep. Oh, that's a that great it? song. I okay. love that. That's in my 80s Grady's uh, Spotify playlist for sure. Okay. That's a good one. Topping the Nielsen ratings was the show Family Ties. Of course. Okay. I watched I watched okay. that pretty religiously as a kid. I yeah. wouldn't say I watched it religiously. I did watch it. I think it, if it was on because there was hardly anything else. I don't even... I can't even remember like when we got cable if no, it was like not, beforehand, yeah, like, so... I, I didn't give a crap about Family Ties. So. Yeah, I didn't have cable until, I think, the mid-90s, so I was pretty much a, yeah. a network kid growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I almost always conflate Facts of Life and Family Ties. I, they're the same <laughs> fucking show to me. <laughs> Even though I know they're totally different. But uh, A few months before this, saw the release of the game Castlevania. Oh, classic, classic. classic. Yeah. Um, Simon, what's his Simon name? Simon Belmont. Belmont. Yeah. Belmont. Yeah. yeah he yeah, had yeah. the worst jump. That game had the worst jump because you just sank like a rock. You just went straight <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, I didn't very play it very much. Not too much, but yeah, it's huge. Uh, the New York Times bestseller was Misery by Stephen King. Damn. Okay. I never read it, but obviously fantastic, fantastic movie. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite internet meme is when they'll put a picture of. Um, of that movie and then label it Footloose. <laughs> oh, oh, it makes sense yeah. too. I like that. <laughs> and my fun fact for 1987, the Beastie Boys licensed to ill album made history 
as the first rap album to hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart, and it spent seven straight weeks at number one. As someone who had that album and knew lots of people who did, it was it was a big deal at the time. That thing was huge. Yes. And I noticed Adam is a surprisingly silent. Not even surprisingly silent. Adam does not like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I was going to say, I've mentioned it before, Beastie Boys, overrated. <laughs> uh, all right. That was 1987. All right. Some good stuff happening that year for sure. Uh, but now it's time to get to the chopper and let's get into Predator. Predator 1987. This was directed by John McTiernan, and you should know him. Are we going to ask what our nostalgic, uh, uh, whatchamacallits are, or does that come after we'll, this? We will get there. Okay, okay. We'll get there. Okay. Fucking, is this your podcast? Is this your fucking podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Predator 1987. It was directed by John McTiernan. Uh, you should all know Die Hard, of course, but he also did Last Action Hero, Basic, Hunt for Red October, and a few other movies. Written by Jim and John Thomas, uh, who also wrote Predator 2, Executive Decision, Wild Wild West, uh, Behind Enemy Lines, a couple other things. Uh, music by Alan Silvestri. Uh, he is a phenomenal music person. And, and the theme on this one, a couple different songs on this one, are just incredibly memorable. Mm-hmm. I love the music in this movie. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. But uh, Alan Silvestri also did um, the Avengers series recently, mm-hmm. uh, Back to the Future, of course, Forrest Gump. Mac and me, uh, and a bajillion <laughs> other things. We won't so. hold that against them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, works work, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think the score on Mac and me is just absolutely one of the only decent things to come out of that movie, <laughs> if I remember when we talked about right. it. So, uh, Cinematography by Donald McAlpine. Uh, John has done multiple things that we've already talked about, between Parenthood, Mrs. Doubtfire, Romeo, plus Juliet. Uh, but then some trash films like X-Men, uh, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, uh, but just a whole bunch of things. Yeah, and it's it's bad. That's bad. Oh. But, you know, besides that, good good DP. <laughs> I, do, I mean, I remember X-Men Origins, Wolverine looking good. Eh, this, yeah, the CG was trash. Yeah, sure. yeah. I guess, like, the shots were fine. Uh, of course, Stan Winston uh, and his group did the creature effects for the Predator, very famous Stan Winston was one of the most amazing creature creators in this era, in all of film, honestly. So, uh, the cast for this movie, Dutch, is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Total recall, uh, total recall for anyone who's not Corey. Uh, I, I, I honestly, Corey, I now say it that way because of you. <laughs> and I gotta say, it's because of my buddy Bert saying he's he'll be listening to this episode. So shout out to Bert. Your your little mind worm thing has infected everybody, buddy. It works. <laughs> I refuse to say it that way. Mm-hmm. Adam, I know how much of a fan you are of Arnold and everything. You're yes. a massive fan, and I know everyone else does. For me, this is my favorite. Dutch is my favorite looking era of Arnold, probably followed by Commando. Um, sure. Just age, muscle mass, hairstyle, and stuff. Dutch is my favorite. Who is what era or what movie is your favorite visual Arnold? I mean, if you count Pumping Iron, I would have to throw out Pumping Iron because okay. that's, you know, the 1975, his but last, well. So you like the floppy hair Olympia. Arnold from the 70s? Well, no, I, I'm looking at his body. I'm looking okay. at his aesthetics. I don't care about his hair. But no, the, the high crop top that is like the commando predator style. Yes, like that's when I think of Arnold in his action movies. That's the first look that I think of. But when I'm looking at his body, when I'm looking at his vascularity, when I'm looking at all of his rip, rippling muscles, his it's mass. his bodybuilding days. <laughs> 
<laughs> what I'm looking at is tight, tight, um, you know, thong underwear so he can, you know, pose. Never mind. Uh, that's a whole other thing. But yes, of course, love me some Arnold. Dylan is played by Carl Weathers, and you should know him from the Rocky franchise, Happy Gilmore, Arrested Development, The Mandalorian, more recently. Anna is played by Elpidia Carrillo. Carrillo? I'm not sure if I said that. That sounds right. I didn't. Uh, but she's recently been in the Mayans MC show, the Seven Pounds movie, multiple Spanish language films. She's actually been in quite a bit. I didn't really know how much else she had been in, but she's got a lot of credits. Okay. Uh, Mac is played by Bill Duke, and we've seen him before against Arnold in Commando, but he's also been in Exit Wounds. He was in X-Men The Last Stand. Um, he was in the Black Lightning show recently. Yeah, and he's a well. big-time director, too. Oh, I didn't realize that. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Blaine is by Jesse Ventura, and we saw him in Running Man, uh, but also he's obviously very famously known as the wrestler Jesse the Body Ventura, and then he was the Minnesota governor for a yeah. while as well. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And Schwarzenegger was a governor of California. So yep. here we go. Two future governors in this movie. <laughs> so uh, Billy, played by Sonny Lantham. Uh, he was in Action Jackson. Uh, also 48 hours. A lot of small parts for him. He actually got his start, I think, in adult cinemas and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, he, he had a small. You watch some of those? Uh, yes, <laughs> seriously. And a small role in Poltergeist, uh, kind of pervin on the daughter. He was one of the workers pervin on the daughter in Poltergeist. Oh. He, uh, very famously on this film, had to have bodyguards on this film, not because he was in danger, but because everyone else was in danger of him. Yes. Really? Yes. Yep. They had to, basically, they had to have babysitters on him because they couldn't, like, the insurance company required it because they wouldn't trust him. Wow. I yeah. mean, and, and, yeah. I mean, his kind of aura does show. I mean, he's kind of known as, and they let him play off as, like, one of the more badass members of that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to admit, he's not my favorite member of the rescue team. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But they all have, like, different, you know, outfits. They all don't have, like, standard military outfits. His was my favorite uh, with, like, the, the sort of the weird cowboyish hat and then mm-hmm. that sort of that puffy vest thingy. He, so sure. I like the way Billy looked the most out of all of them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Kevin Peter Hall is the person in the Predator suit. Just want to mention that, of course. Yeah. He was great in a show from the 80s uh, uh, that we covered on TV Obscura called Misfits of Science. Um, he was uh, this, you know, he's tall, very tall guy, yeah. uh, very sweet in real life uh, from all accounts, apparently. Um, but his ability was to like shrink down and everything. And, and but, uh, you, you know, he played him, you know, he played out of costume in that, mm-hmm. whereas mostly most of his movie roles are behind prosthetic, like Predator and everything. Yes. But. Man, watching this, you know, last night uh, uh, to rewatch it for the millionth time for this, I just I love the personality that that he gives uh, the jungle mm-hmm. hunter in this that Kevin Peter Hall gives him. It just subtle moves with his head, subtle kind of movements and stuff. I think he's great. I think he's fantastic. And unfortunately, he passed away like in '91 from uh, mm-hmm. blood transfusion. I think he got AIDS Oof. from a blood transfusion. That's awful. Yeah, absolutely awful. But yeah, no, I agree. the The way he moves is. Almost iconic. I mean, he yeah, he gives a, a life, a personality to this predator. You call it the jungle hunter, but but yes, exactly. Uh, and the budget of this movie was about fifteen million dollars, and it had a box office of about ninety eight million. So pretty popular. I mean, obviously popular enough to spawn a sec- a sequel, and then a, a whole other franchise, a, a con, a, a, also a doing cross franchises against you know mm-hmm. aliens and all this other stuff, you know, 
and a comic book series from Dark Horse. Comic book series, video games, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like, I used to read all the Dark Horse Predator comics, and, and they took place, yeah. like, after this movie, because it was, you know, before Predator 2 came out and everything. It was it was wonderful reading those Predator comics back in the day, because they followed uh, Dutch's brother was an LA uh, oh, LAPD okay. officer, and then they come to LA, and, and they took a lot of stuff uh, from that first comic run, those first four issues, and put into the uh, Predator 2 movie, yeah, like the, uh, the subway scene. Nice. Oh, cool. Besides that, also, like, yeah, we talked about, video, I want to mention video games. We, John, we've mentioned it before, but there was an eight, was it the, was it the late eight, late 90s? There was that Aliens vs. Predator yeah, it was PC like, game. It was like 99. That was one of the best, like, scariest. It came with a pair of underwear. Yep, you could get a it free so pair scary. of underwear from it, and... Uh, <laughs> Um, I I always enjoyed playing as the Predator the most, mostly because you got the, the thermal easiest. vision. It was the easiest yeah, one to do. The, hunting. the Colonial Marine was by far the scariest because yes, you were getting hunted by the aliens. I mean, being the alien was was fine, but like the the mm. most fun I had was playing as the Predator. Yeah, sure, great game. So, uh, all right, so we all have nostalgic ties to this, but I want to hear you know what does everybody remember about Predator when they were kids? Corey, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, 1987, I was nine years old, and my dad took me to see this the summer it came out. Um, <laughs> off, Every yeah. one of these fucking movies. I know, Robocop, same as Aliens. Predator, <laughs> Aliens, like all these terrible like rated R movies, love it. But at the time, all I can remember about my first viewing is that I didn't know anything about the movie going in, because nine years old, you don't really pay attention to trailers and stuff. So I thought it was just going to be Arnold fighting people in the jungle, and that was it. I remember being like, whoa. But when there's an alien, like right at the beginning, you see you know, a spaceship. And then watching it, I think the only thing that really scared me uh, was the upside down skinned body scene when Billy mm. finds them. And they kind of do a little bit, little bit of a jump scare. And I remember that scaring me a little bit. But other than that, I remember loving it. And then I grew, I spent my summers in Virginia, which looks very similar to where you guys grew up in, in Atlanta and everything in Georgia, tree-wise and, you know, foliage and everything. And I would just spend hours upon hours playing in the woods, you know? And the great thing was, the Predator's invisible. You can be hunting the Predator all day long and your little kid imagination, you know, mm -hmm. it, it can fill in the gaps and everything. So I would probably play Predator in the woods as much as I would hunt Ewoks in the woods as a biker scout in my head. <laughs> Why would you, know? you hunt you'd hunt Ewoks? Jeez, you weren't part of the Rebel Alliance. No. You, <laughs> I love the biker you're scouts. A scout trooper. <laughs> yeah, a scout trooper. <laughs> okay. All right, John, what do you remember? You know, I cannot recall although <laughs> um when I first saw the film. And it probably had to be on TV because I'm pretty sure we probably saw like an edited version uh, of it early on. I just kind of, it's one of those movies I just remember always being there. I unfortunately I can't say when I first saw it. I, I'm with you in that it's not one I remember exactly. I we I was not. I was two when this came out. Not even. And obviously I don't remember it from the theaters, um, so I wasn't taken to that. Mm -hmm. And I, it was definitely on TV somewhere. I saw it yeah. somewhere on TV before. Maybe I'm sure I got we rented it and I saw like the more unedited version. But it became just one of my favorite action movies, and still to this day. Now, I know there are some other amazing, more recent action movies, but I've always kind of said my my favorite action movie kind of flops between four different films, and it is whichever one I watched most recently. So maybe I'll say right now, it maybe it is Predator, because I just watched it for this one, and I loved it. But it's two McTiernans and two Camerons, <laughs> and it's the same four movies I freaking love, and I'm sure you guys can guess them. Which one are they? What are my four favorite action movies? Die Hard, Predator, Aliens, mm -hmm. 
and Terminator 2. That's yeah. exactly it. And those four, they are like, they're a top 10 action movies. If we had to do top 10 action movies, they would make like easily the top 10. I saw all four of those in the theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a surprise. I will, I will say by the time this comes out, I believe uh, that episode should be out. But if you guys go over to Bruzy Bracketology, I was part of the, uh, they're doing a whole like 80s movie bracket. 80s, yeah, 80s movie bracket, and I was on the action uh, bracket, and awesome. uh, all four of those films do appear in the bracket, so. Oh, nice. You have to, yeah. you have to listen to uh, that episode to see uh, what the result was. Okay. Absolutely yeah. will. Very excited about that. I do have one funny uh, uh, Predator memory from college. Um, so this is probably around 2001, somewhere around there. Uh, we were home. You know, I just remember it was President's Day. So we were off. Everybody was off. And we had a uh, cable on. And I don't know if it was Turner Classic Movies, TNT. I don't know. But what they did was they called it Predator's Day. And they played Predator 1 not Predator 1 and 2, but Predator 1 on repeat all day minutes. long. And I just wanted, I just wish I was there for that pitch meeting. Guys, <laughs> instead of President's Day, <laughs> it's Predator's Day. Oh, we're going to play Predator 1 and 2 back to, no, we're only going to be playing Predator 1 24-7. <laughs> now, pre right, Predator 2 is one of those underrated films, in Agreed. my opinion. It, it's not as good as the first, of course. But it is solid. It's still an enjoy. Danny Glover does a good job. I like the difference that they bring in, you know, it's the concrete jungle, if you will. Yeah. It's a good movie. Now, I have seen Predators. Yeah. I have not seen The Predator. The, the Predator is god awful. And the, the, the worst part is it was directed and written by mm -hmm. uh, Hawkins himself, Shane Black. Yeah, Shane and Black. it's it is god awful. That's what I heard, so I stayed away. But I think all of us have seen Prey, which was the Hulu yeah. original movie. That was actually pretty decent. Yes, yes. Yeah, so. Um, uh, I do want to, uh, sorry, I apologize. I have so much Predator information. I have yeah, one, well, that's why you're here, but <laughs> I worked at a video store for like 10 years, and it was one of those video stores where we made all the money on the adult stuff in the back, but we had to have regular VHS stuff in the front that no one ever rented. I, I procured, and it's in my mom's basement still, this weird VHS oddity. It's a double pack, and it's not, again, not Predator 1 and 2. It's just a double pack of Predator 1. And the case, I mean, it's made for this. Like, it's not two cases put together. Mm -hmm. It's made for this. Now, you're like, oh, is it an early VHS where they had to split the movie into two things? No. It's two copies on VHS of Predator. Why? In case you burn one out, I guess. <laughs> you watch it so much. Like, again, what was the pitch meeting of that? Guys, the people are going to watch it so much that they're going to ruin their tape. So why don't we just sell them two tapes of Predator 1 at the same time? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but how is that a thing? But it's a thing, I guess. Ah, uh, VHS oddities. <laughs> so weird. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's get into our scene-by-scene -scene breakdown. And we're going to start off with a shot of space. And there's this craft coming to Earth. And then we get that great music. And a chopper as it comes in. Yep. I'll be honest. Yep. If, there was all, if there was only one thing I could actually change about the movie, it would be the opening scene. The, the, the spaceship. The I, would, spaceship? I would take it out. Well, oh, I, see, I think it's helpful because it kind of helps. It, it shows you that, hey, this is an alien from outer space. Yeah, but you can kind of figure that out. <laughs> I guess so. I To I me, so. it honestly, it kind of 
spoils that sort of reveal. So I, to me, I would just take that out. That's the only thing I would change. I'm actually on John's side with this one. Um, even as a kid, I thought it was a bit of a spoil. Like, I think it, I think he's John's right. I think we could have figured it out that it was an alien. Uh, maybe if he didn't have so much gear on him and he had the original version because there was a different version that they filmed that kind of sure. looked like an insect. But I think the gear kind of gives it away that he's not of this earth. And the person inside huh. that insect suit was very famously... A John Claude Van Damme, yes, and he's also you can actually see him in the movie. He plays um, Arnold. He plays Dutch when when Dutch's back is to the predator and they're fighting one on one, you know, or Dutch's oh. back is to the camera. That's uh, John Claude Van Damme because he's much shorter and it'll make the predator look bigger. But they also JCVD and, Pre- and Arnold have the same body type, like and all mm. the muscles sort of are similar. He's just like a compact version mm-hmm. of Arnold, you know. Okay, uh, I can see what you mean because. One thing that we'll talk about, we're going to get these POV shots of the Predator and knowing immediately that's an, that it is an alien as opposed to just like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah, I, I'll allow that. You know, just you can cut that. You can just literally just start off with the helicopter shot. So oh. sure, 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 sure. All right. So uh, we're kind of seeing the team, uh, the last to come. I mean, great. I love this introduction shot of Arnold as other people come off the hill, ch- the chopper and Arnold just lights up this massive fucking cigar and you see Dutch. God damn, he looks good. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> awesome. He looks yeah. great. And you know what? Arnold's a good actor, too. Like I'm watching this and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of close ups on Arnold and everything. And I'm like. There's a reason he became who he was in, in, in acting yeah. and everything. It's not just because he's got big muscles and he's good looking. He's a good actor, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially I, physically. I, and I, I don't yes. just mean like his, his bulk. I mean just like how he moves, how he conducts himself. Like just the look on his face as he's smoking the cigar. In the Like physically, he is a good actor. Yeah. And he's, I yeah. think he's very aware of how his body is and how it's being portrayed. And I, it's probably from all the, um, the, the showman stuff that he did when he was oh, younger. Yeah. He just, he's got massive control yes. of, of his body. Yeah. He's great, man. Arnold is freaking, and he's always, as a kid, he was of the eighties, you know, and you know, everyone had to be, oh, you're, are you an Arnold kid? Are you Schwarzenegger? I, or Sylvester Stallone. I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was yeah. my favorite guy. All his movies are the ones I watched. Sylvester Stallone never was a big fan of his stuff. I mean, all right, there are a couple things, because I do, you got to appreciate Rocky, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. The first Rambo is good, but like the Rambo franchise, I don't give a shit about. Me neither. But I will say over the top. (laughs) (laughs) That was a canon movie, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love that one. All right, so uh, Dutch gets briefed by this general. Um, The team is needed for a rescue some cabinet minister. Uh, We then see Dylan. Dylan! You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and we get the best standing, like, arm wrestling greeting. Like, every every single one of us have done this with our buddies. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's just awesome. It doesn't look as good as when they do it, though. <laughs> no, a lot more flab. But it's just, it's it's to me, it's, it's right up there with, like, the Top Gun high five. Yeah. Like, a way to greet your buddies is this, you son of a bitch, and then grab each other. It's awesome. <laughs> but it's also good. So. It shows that they have history together, and they have, like, yes. uh, friendship. And, and I do think that him and Carl Weathers, they, have, they do have good chemistry on screen and everything. Absolutely. You know, you can you can definitely believe that they had been out on missions together, mm-hmm. that they knew each other, um, you know, more than, than just this kind of thing, this meeting. And we just get a little bit more about Dutch. We learn about him. You know, he's passed on jobs and whatnot. He's, his team's there. They do rescues. They're, they're not assassins. On this particular mission, 
Dylan is also going to be joining them. Things are just a little bit off from this mission from the start. You know, he's told that it's this rescue mission and Dylan's going to be joining. Things are just kind of strange, but, you know, Dutch is going to have to do this. Um, it, they're kind of a weird, it seems like they're a weird hybrid where they're like almost mercenaries, but they're, I guess they are a mercenary-esque team within the military That's, or something? Yeah, that was the one thing that I found to be weird. Like, if they were mercenaries, they're mercenaries. And, and the whole thing about uh, later about uh, um, Dylan. Dylan saying you're under orders. Yeah, you're under orders, like, made no sense to me because they were clearly, like, brought in as a as an extra team. So yeah. that they were, that wasn't clear enough for me. But that's, you know, that's nitpicking at this point. Exactly. Because if it's, yes, if he does rescue team, but still Dutch wouldn't really have a say if someone above him says hey you're fucking doing this mission right but but i do like the fact the juxtaposition of they are the rescue team so they're kind mm -hmm. of you know we know that they're the good guys but then later when mac tells dylan that you'll bleed him in the woods real quiet like mm -hmm. you know that these guys are also bad dudes like oh, they, they're hard some some of them i think dutch probably isn't but some of these guys are bad dudes but you also need bad dudes to you know kill other bad dudes essentially yeah so, all right, so they set off on the mission, and we get the amazing song, Long Tall Sally. God, this scene this. is so great. It's always great. Me and my friends would quote it as as kids all the time. Although you can't quote it now because you get canceled. But <laughs> no, you see, well, you're talking about Blaine. <laughs> Blaine, babies, stuff will make you a sexual tyrannosaurus. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I still just like I still it. like that one. God, I do yeah, too. I do too, But yeah, this is this scene is iconic. And then I'm just watching it, you know, just the way it's shot, you know, like like mm -hmm. when they start exiting off and everything. I like there's that one shot behind the other on the other helicopter, you know, from the gunner's position. It's just mm -hmm. really cool and interesting shots that get you into this team. Like you're in there with them, you know, you're, yeah. you're you can feel you almost feel like your boots are you know touching Arnold's. You know, it's like you're right there in the shot with them. Well, I mean, there's it's very similar. Of course, you you got to draw between the franchises um, some similarities. Think of aliens. You know, when you're in like that dropship with the aliens, is a similar kind of feel. You're you're seeing all of that team, and you're kind of moving from person to person, and, and kind of you're you're getting some of their personalities, but you're also feeling like you're inside with with them as they you know are loading out. Yeah, and so. unlike aliens, with you know, you could probably say, "Where's Bowski and Crow?" Here, you get to know pretty much all of the rescue team. Even Hawkins, sure. who's going to you know, be the first to die, they kind of give him the most, because you, so you can connect with him mm -hmm. sort of the quickest, because he's going to disappear. Um, but for the he's most... He's got some crude jokes. He's yeah, got some he crude does. jokes, and they're they're fun. They're fun, but the most part, you're you're connecting with each and every single one of the, the rescue team here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I will say, the ensemble, the, this is, when it comes to these action movies, I think... The a the uh, the aliens ensemble is it gets a little bit nod. It's a slightly better ensemble of a group, uh, but this is just second, literally yeah. of a, the next group. This when I think who do I want to go out with? All right, I'll go out with the fucking aliens, Colonial Marines first, and then second, I want to go out with the Predator team. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so, all right, so they drop into the jungle, and their mission begins. Uh, but as they are starting to investigate some wreckage, Duck Dutch is realizing. That it's uh, not a regular rescue mission of like this diplomat. Um, Dylan isn't telling them something. So we uh, see Billy tracking around some stuff. He's their resident 
tracker. He does what I do like. He randomly starts cutting and suckling liquid from a vine. <laughs> Didn't make any scene, but he still looked badass doing it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so then he finds those skinned bodies that you talked about earlier. Yeah. They're hanging from trees. They were American soldiers. General oh, Jim Hooper. Um, uh, Hopper, Hopper. 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 Uh, and now there's uh, there's this uh, um, internet you know, fan theory that that's actually Jim Hopper from Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Okay, like that. But it it furthers his Dutch's skepticism about this whole mission, because why would these guys sent out before stuff like this? Um, Billy is also having trouble tracking anything. You know, he he says it's an ambush, almost like as they were shooting in every direction. It's just strange, strange shit that's going on right now. So Blaine then pulls out his minigun that he calls Old Painless. Old Painless. <laughs> and he's going to have that. I did check with our resident weapons expert, uh, Ken Johnson, uh, who is military. I asked him, hey, has there ever been a situation where somebody actually carries around a minigun like that? He's like, no, 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 no fucking way. No, no. That does not, <laughs> does not I was like, I don't know. You'd hope because it'd be fun, but. I found it interesting. Cool. I was listening to the McTiernan commentary uh, for a specific reason, and I'll tell that later because, and I didn't get the answer for it. Um, but he said that the the thing that was interesting about the old painless is when you fired it up, the centrifugal force kind of kept it pointing forward and it was very hard to move it left and right just because of the straight up the centrifugal force of the rotating Mm. blade so like it always sort of aimed forward um he said it which weirdly made it a bit safer because you couldn't sort of lose control of it that's that's really cool uh all right so uh we then also see some pov shots of something in the trees looking at them hmm what's that uh you know almost jaws style if you will of just kind of setting up whatever this creature is that's looking at them. Did you uh, did you notice who uh, was doing the voice for that creature? The sounds? I only saw it because it was on IMDb, but I did, couldn't tell. Right. Uh, it's uh, Peter Cullen. Optimus. Fucking Optimus Prime. Yep. Oh, my God. He makes the sound of the, of the Predator, like the Predator's voice stuff. It's really cool. I'm this years old when I found that out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I do remember as a kid, so they, they refer to gorillas a lot, you know, the, the fighting yes. type of gorillas. As a kid, I thought they were talking about, you know, the animal gorillas. I had, oh. I had <laughs> no idea. When I was a little kid, I also thought that. <laughs> I was idiots. so confused as a kid. I was, I was nine years old. <laughs> Just see people like you mowing down these like hordes of gorillas. It's fucking um, Planet of the Apes coming on. <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> okay. So uh, Dylan slips at some point, and uh, yeah, you guys mentioned Mac is not a fan of this. Yeah. He comes up to him. You're ghosting us, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. You give up a system one more time, I'll bleed you real quiet. Leave you here. Got that? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Damn. All right, these boys are intense. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, these are <laughs> yeah. bad guys, even though they're the good guys of the movie. It's it's awesome. Yeah. It's really neat. It is. So they get to this camp. Uh, we see a Russian guy kill a hostage. Uh, very briefly, you see him, but did you guys recognize who that Russian was? <laughs> it, yeah, I did. I, I was, It's like Sven something. Sven Olthorsen. Yep. It's, it's um, LaFors from Mallrats. He's got two LaFors confirmed kills. <laughs> from Mallrats. Uh, he's also the security guy in Running Man. Yep. yep. Uh, he is Tigris, the the old kind of badass gladiator with a sweet mask in the movie Gladiator. Isn't he yep. like one of Arnold's like oldest friends or something like that? He has been in so many Arnold movies, yeah. yes. 
Yeah. So definitely. I saw him so. in Santa Monica um, at the uh, at a gas station. And everyone, you know what? I don't judge people on one one sort of you know interaction because uh, everyone can have bad days. But he wasn't the nicest person to the gas station attendant, and I was like, "Oh no, LaForce, no!" That's a shame. He's I know. Not like a, and he's I, always so, like a background dude. It's it, not like he's a huge guy. I know. And I was standing behind him, and I was so excited, and I was like, "Ooh, he doesn't seem like he wants to be talked to about it right now." So yeah. I just let him go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm sure he's a nice guy in real life. Though. Oh, I'm sure he's fantastic. Yeah. We'll say that. So, <laughs> uh, the team gets into a position and they attack the camp, and it's just you know it's it's lots of explosions, lots of everything. Arnold uses bulging muscles to distract him by lifting up a truck and letting it <laughs> drive itself and blow stuff up. It's just it's madness. Right. It's fucking action madness right here but it's fun and i'd love it when he fucking shoots lafours with the grenade launcher out the window yeah. and everything and hits a guy with a knife stick around yeah. stick around it's which great. apparently he, he got the- he ad-libbed that line <laughs> oh it's a perfect line and then you know you got you know blaine getting shot in the arm and and you know Ponch is like uh you know you got he's like i ain't got time to bleed and he's like well you got time to duck you know and and whatnot yes. it's a lot of cool stuff is happening here and as a kid i just want to call out poncho uh the guy with the mm-hmm. grenade launcher probably the the probably the least noticeable of of all the uh rescue team members but for some reason i liked him i thought he was kind of cool okay. i liked his grenade launcher i kind of thought i thought his demeanor was a little cool Obviously, I love Dutch not the most, but, you know, of the side characters, sure. Poncho was always my favorite member of the uh, rescue team. Fair. I, I got to give it to me. I got to give it to, besides Dutch, of course, got to give it to Blaine. Yeah. I mean, damn, got dug in there like an Alabama tick. <laughs> yep. It's just it's so good. He's great. I mean, he really, Jesse the Body Venture is fantastic. Yep. Uh, then uh, Dutch is pissed at Dylan because obviously they're from taking over and, and uh, stopping this camp. You know, he sells that this is this is not what he signed up for. He's they basically used him to get the job done. Uh, but there is still a gorilla female who's alive, not the animal gorilla, um, but the uh, rebel gorilla, if you will. And uh, Dylan wants to take her with him because she might have some knowledge about what's going on. And so they're going to have to get through uh, the jungle to kind of head back across the border to get picked up because it's too hot to get in there. And also other uh, gorilla people are on their way. And structurally, it's kind of weird because the movie's almost like in two halves. First half mm-hmm. is the the climax is like them taking this base sure. out, you know, and then the second half is is the predator stuff. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. So uh, Mac, though, as Dylan's about to, to kind of head off, he has him come closer, has him turn around, and he kills this scorpion. I always thought this is kind of a again also shows just the badassness of Mac. Mac he is kind of that definition of speak softly, carry a big stick, because mm-hmm. he does speak softly most of the time, but he is, he's one of the more scary guys in the group. Yeah. Uh, also, anytime, which the Predator is watching and kind of sees this stuff, too, so he's like recording these lines, if you will. And so. I always think it's kind of creepy uh, how close the Predator actually is to them without actually, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't even know he's there. I always thought that's kind right. of a, a cool thing that the POV shot kind of, you know, can help you with. Kind of like with, with Jaws. And I was just listening yeah. to that Ural's episode this morning. Um, it's kind of similar to that whole POV thing. It puts you in the, the shoes of the Predator, but that, and John said it on the Jaws episode, it makes you feel uneasy because mm-hmm. you're in the shoes of the, the killer, of the, the, the bad guy of this movie yeah wholeheartedly agree uh hawkins though he's got another joke for billy uh and this is a great joke <laughs> the other day i was going down to my girlfriend i said to her jeez you got a big pussy 
Jace, you got a big pussy. You said, why did you say that twice? And I said I didn't. See, it's got because of the echo. With... <laughs> 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 this time it actually gets Billy to laugh. Uh, and <laughs> he's got such a crazy fucking laugh. And the Predator uses it to wonderful effect uh, as he mimics it later. But Yeah, Predator's like, I've heard hundreds of people laugh and no one laughs like that. I'm stealing that one. Yeah, so. All right, so yes. Uh, the team continues through the jungle. Anna is trying to escape at some point. Poncho stops her and uh, they kind of keep continuing. Billy Seems shaken at some point. You know, he, they kind of have Billy as he's obviously, he's kind of like this native character. You know, he's a kind of a Native American character where he has a little bit more in touch with the nature around him. He can track better, but he can just tell something's in the trees. You know, he can tell something out there and it ain't no man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Anna again tries to escape, uh, but Hawkins goes after her this time to try and stop her. But Hawkins, as he gets her, ends up getting killed by this cloaked creature the cloaked predator they get to to anna who's now scared shitless you know she didn't hasn't run any any further uh the team's confused but she can't explain she keeps trying to tell them that the jungle came alive because all of right now we see basically like this almost you know like it's an invisibility but it's like you know like is it it's been warped a little bit you know like it like it's a you know like a technology-based invisibility thing yeah i mean even to this day i think if we ever get invisibility done tech wise it's probably going to look very similar yeah. to this um and then i always liked when you know when poncho finds what's left of of hawkins and you know dylan's like hawkins where is he and he's like i think he's over here but i, I don't know for sure because he's just a pile of guts and you're just like oh my <laughs> yeah. god what happened to him you know mm -hmm. all right blaine is next as they're hunting around Blaine gets hit next, and he gets shot by this kind of all like a like a plasma weapon or something. Okay, so I got to talk about the Blaine death because it's confused me for for a long time. Um, this is where I listened to the McTiernan commentary to see if he would shed any okay. light on it. He doesn't. So Blaine sees like a skunk thing come through the woods. Yes. He thinks it's going to be a bad guy. It's a skunk. He's like, oh, okay. He smiles. He turns screen left. Then something shoots past him. And you can only see it for a second if you pause it, but it's not like a plasma bolt. It's something solid mm -hmm. and blood hits him. Now the blood is sprayed from off screen. It's not like a squib. So it's kind of hard to decipher what's happening. As a kid, I thought the predator shot the, the skunk. But what I think no. happens is that the predator threw a spear or something and actually missed essentially and just kind of grazed him um, because then Blaine is stunned. He's kind of like, oh, what's happening as he's got blood on the side of his face. And then that's when his chest explodes from the, the, the plasma bolt that the predator fires. Mm -hmm. But I've always been confused as to what stunned him the first time. And I personally headcanon think that it was a projectile spear type of thing that the predator didn't anticipate Blaine sort of turning like that. And he mm -hmm. actually missed which I find interesting because then that makes the Predator not like a flawless killer, you know, and actually has some flaws to him. I guess I took it that he got hit kind of in the shoulder and then that was the blood that splattered on him and then he got hit more in the chest again. By a second shot? Was, so you think yeah, the, by a second shot. So you think he, so, but you think it was essentially two plasma bolts and the first one yes. just kind of like hit him in the arm. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I, I always assumed. Okay, yeah. Okay. 
So. And I do like how when he's turning, the camera is spinning too, and they even make yeah. that VFX of the plasma bolt behind him, then his head obscures it, and then it blows his chest out. It's a really well-constructed shot if, as far as the mm -hmm. death goes. Sure. But it's also just, you're right, it's, it's all quick, and it's all kind of mad. It's all disoriented. Yeah. So we, we don't really know exactly, but we know he gets fucking killed pretty quickly. Mac, though, his good buddy, comes over, and he sees this cloaked creature, um, and he just unleashes he starts Contact! unleashing all of his guns <laughs> everybody jumps in everybody it's just insanity Gun bullets all bullets are being used into basically <laughs> just the jungle into this point so. the predator had an oh shit moment for sure at that point yeah well <laughs> it's right because seemingly they hit nothing but anna does find some neon green liquid which we know is the blood of the predator so it's interesting as mac mourns his friend Bla uh, blaine apparently you know they've gone on a lot of missions together and whatnot um, Anna inspects the blood that she found, but then we cut to the Predator, and here, just uh, as opposed to not like on a jump scare like with Jaws or anything else like that, we had get an entire quick little scene of seeing the Predator uncloaking himself and having to kind of heal himself up and, and care for his wounds, and we get a good shot of him and his cool mask, and damn, it looks cool. I think this is such a cool way to reveal the Predator. Like Adam, you said, it's not a jump scare. It's not something action-oriented. We are seeing him at a vulnerable point. Uh, him repairing his own his wound and everything. And we see how painful it is for him. Sure. It's genius. It's genius to give the, 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 the killer, this alien Predator, so much humanity. And I think that that is going to all culminate and help that fight at the end with, with Predator versus Arnold. And it'll kind of inform us as to why the Predator makes choices that he does make. Um, he has very human aspects of it. And I think all of this was done by by design to show him for the first time in this light. So the predator does uh, as he kind of shoots like a you know some kind of injection or something. Um, he has to put out this loud scream, which everybody hears. So just again, extract still won't come as they're in too deep. So Mac describes what he saws and he's what he saw and he's just freaked out. You know he saw a pair of glowing eyes, basically the moving jungle. He's freaked. Um, Billy's scared. Billy, you know something. What is it? I'm scared, Pancho. Bullshit. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. We're all gonna die. And damn. <laughs> and yeah, when Billy's scared, you know you're fucked. Yeah, pa Pancho is not thrilled by that. <laughs> no. Um, Mac not doing well that night. He ends up running into a wild boar and stabbing it to <laughs> death. <laughs> Just pretty wild. Um, during all this madness, because they had set up a couple booby traps, Blaine's body was taken. Oh, shit. So it's not... Whatever is killing people, it's not just killing them and leaving them be. It's coming back for them. It's collecting them, almost as if they're trophies, oh. if you will. That's exactly what it is. So anyway, <laughs> he's killing them. Uh, and we, as we learn... You know, more and more about the Predator lore, you learn more kind of about that, you know, if you read any of the comics or watch any more of the movies. Yeah. But, like, this is definitely, this creature is, it's it's hunting for sport. You know, it's literally just coming to, to fuck with these humans, um, not really for any other political reason or anything. Like, he wants to find the biggest, baddest people on the planet, and it wants to kill them. So. And that's such a cool concept, too. You know, I, I've always mm -hmm. thought it's simple. 
but it's very effective. And again, it's another human. We we understand it. We don't really have to have it explained to us. Um, and they do. They'll explain things to us. But I don't think they need that. I think we can understand mm-hmm. it, especially seeing him clean off a skull later and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I think we get it and because it, it's a very easy thing to understand. So, yeah, but Dutch, they realize he's realizing it. It's a, it's hunting them one at a time. It's using the trees. So Dutch confronts Anna. Uh, we find out she speaks English right now. And she just talks about a story like that, you know, that it's used camouflage and all this other stuff. And Dutch wants to make a stand where he's at, um, you know, that he wants there to uh, otherwise, if they just keep going, they're going to keep getting picked off one by one. And so um, Anna mentions that she found some of its blood in a great line. If it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love that one. They set up traps and claymores around the jungle. Anna tells them a little bit more about this mythos. Apparently, this thing has come to the jungle before. Um, you know, it's just something that has popped up every now and then. And it's like killing different warriors and things like that. It's like they call it the demon of the jungle or I can't remember exactly what they called it, but, and that's such a cool idea that he's been caught co- or mm-hmm. not just him, but you know, other ones of his kind have been coming yeah. for years so much so that they have like mythos about it and everything. And it's just yeah. really cool world building layered into this, you know, beefy, sweaty action movie. <laughs> I mean, think of it like, you know, yeah, like, like a, a rite of passage for that warrior yeah. race like you know what to reach a certain level you know or to you know become a, a you know a warrior in your own right one of those predators has to come to uh to the u to not to the u.s has to come to to the to earth and collect so many skulls or something like that yeah so pretty cool so all right uh dutch kind of steps out into kind of the trap area to try and coax out the creature and something does it's in, it's invisible at the time but gets caught up in the net that's so cool it's very good shot Shoots its way out of the netting, um, and it ends up also shooting a log uh, trap, and that log just <laughs> destroys Poncho. Yeah, fucking <laughs> or wrecks him pretty good. <laughs> destroys his chest. Yeah, I mean, destroys as, his yeah. chest. He's not dead, but he's you know, you know, I can make it. Can make uh, he's, it. <laughs> he's he's still alive, but he's broken. <laughs> he's broken. Dylan sees the the creature as it's kind of glitches out of its camo right now and he and Mac chase it or Mac chases it and then Dylan goes after Mac and right now Mac's gone a bit mad um, he's singing Long Tall Sally to himself gonna have me some fun have me some fun Long Tall Sally she's Bill Sweet she got everything that Mac and John need oh baby oh baby have me some fun I'm gonna have me some fun. 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 <laughs> uh, you know, Dylan following uh, Mac at one point stops Dylan, whispers to him, and he sees him past them trees. And, and there's a really yeah. cool shot, well, a panning shot going through the trees. There's going to be a later one where it's a different angle and you can see the predator, mm. but there is yes. one shot that they that the predator doesn't move, but you can see it there. And I love mm-hmm. that because earlier when Billy was looking in the trees, there's no effect in the trees, right? Mm-hmm. But you still yeah. have that same feeling. In this shot, you can actually see the mm-hmm. distortion, but it's mm-hmm. subtle and it's minimal. And I love the fact that they didn't zoom in on it. They, they kind of just panned right by it. And I'm like... That's the brilliance of this movie right here. John yeah. McTiernan knows when to let things fall into the background. Mac and Dylan try to kind of sneak up on it. They're going to attack it. But the Predator 
It also sees them. First, it kills Mac. You see these three-dot laser sight thing that uh, first appears on his arm, and then right on his head. Oh, shit, he did. And it, a <laughs> gush of blood comes towards yes. the camera. <laughs> yeah. And then I always found it more disturbing was that there was a shot of him, the Predator, walking past him, and his fucking leg is still twitching and everything. And I was like, that's, uh, that's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dylan is then next, who at first... Gets his arm shot off mid-fire, <laughs> mind you. <laughs> and then the Predator takes out these two fucking claw things, stab into Dylan, lift his ass up, and he's like gut-wrenching yell. And everybody else hears that, and oh shit, they're fucked. And I always so. like the shot of how the camera rotates around Dylan as he's spinning mm. in the other direction as the Predator's running at him. It's, yeah. a, it's a great shot. Unfortunately, you can see Carl Weathers' arm sort of hanging down by <laughs> his side, but it doesn't matter. It's still a, still a baller-ass shot, though. It is. Billy, though, he hears, after this hearing this scream, it's time for him to make a stand. He takes off some of his stuff. He gets prepped. He's got shirtless. He takes his machete, cuts himself in a line down the... Sh- Doesn't make any sense. Why? Because he's a fucking badass. <laughs> and you know the Predator, because he's standing on a log. You know the Predator yeah. just literally just swatted him to the side. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but Dutch, Anna, and Poncho, who are there, who's being carried right now, they're running. And as they continue to grow, they just hear. We don't see the fight with Billy at all. And this is good. You just, you know, this badass guy's making a stand, and you just hear him from their side, and he just, you know, he's fucking dead as he screams. I used to have a kind of a, a uh, what's it called? Like the Mandela effect or something like that, where mm-hmm. I always assumed that the next scene after you hear him scream was actually the predator carrying Billy's head. But it's not. It's the scene from Predator 2 when yeah. he kills the drug dealer, and King that's Willie. what you, that's what uh, you yeah. see. And for some reason, I've yeah. always I've always had the Mandela effect that that scene was from the first movie, and it's Billy's head, but it's not. Gotcha, <laughs> King Willie. I gotta rewatch it. It's been a while. I've got it. I need to. I just need to put it on. I so. love Predator 2. If you ever need mm-hmm. anyone to talk about Predator 2, I will be on in a heartbeat. Nice. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, then, as they continue on. Dutch is still carrying Poncho and whatnot. Then Poncho gets popped in the side of the head. He's fucking dead. I now. mean, he was dead before he hit the ground. I, like he took yep. that plasma bolt to the head. And, and here's the only thing, John. To your point of something that maybe doesn't you know jive a hundred percent to make this like a perfect movie or whatever. Arnold or Dutch jumped to a real quick conclusion uh, to tell Anna not to pick up a gun that that, you know, that gun that not picking up a gun will keep her safe. I don't know if I personally would have jumped to that conclusion right right then and there. But but it is something that obviously keeps going with the series. But it was kind of a loose thing for me in the movie. It's also a weird mentality in my head. Like if it's because you have weapons. Dutch, drop your fucking weapons. Like, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't. I don't love that. It was a, it was a stretch to jump out to that, but sure. And then, so. well, then Dutch is going to be without a weapon pretty soon as the Predator blows his sure. like M sixty in half. Exactly. Like he fires, he gets he gets hit and he's struck, but he's Arnold, so he doesn't. You know, his arm doesn't fall off. No. Like all <laughs> <weathers> or- <laughs> his muscles just absorb the blast. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and, again, you know, as he's hurt, he yells to Anna. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper! <laughs> Great. I mean, this is probably the most iconic said line in the entire movie, yeah. I would say. So, Adam, just to illustrate how bad uh, the, the, the Predator was, um, someone says, get to the choppers, 
and they're motorcycles, but they say it because it's an homage. Okay, and I'm like, Shane Black, this is this is what you did. This is what you yeah. now. And it should be noted that Shane Black was only on this movie because they didn't want to pay uh, a writer to be down there, but they knew they would need somebody because um, I think they shot a lot of it in like Mexico and whatnot. They knew they needed somebody to be on set to um, write like some lines and stuff that they needed or do rewrites and mm. stuff um, right there. So Shane Black was there as a writer. He gets killed off early, but he's there for the rest of the, oh, the shoot okay. as a as a writer. And it was cheaper because they just paid him as one person. Um, I think they paid him the actor rate instead of the writer rate or vice versa. It doesn't matter. But they uh-huh. paid him only for one job and he technically did two. Oh, okay. Well, always scamming the system. Right? <laughs> Shane Black always scamming the system. Ho- well, Hollywood yeah, scamming the I fucking know. system. So. Not like a fifteen million dollar budget's not enough. You know? yeah. <laughs> exactly. Save save a couple thousand here. All right. Anyway, Dutch is now left by himself, um, and he's a bit wounded against this inhuman beast that's coming for him. He runs and he accidentally slides and falls down this cliffside into water, and he swims. You know, trying to get some distance, he ends up crawling through the mud, and he's covered fully in this mud. And he's trying to brace himself because he's know he's just fucked, and against these kind of like roots of this tree. But the creature comes out, can't find him, can't see him, <laughs> can't, oh, stand <laughs> can't, can't stand you, can't stand you. Woo! Shout out to Cartwright. Uh, but yes, he uh, apparently the creature then undoes his camo. Not really knowing why, but whatever. Uh, the water, but, the water fucks it up. The water kind of sure, and that's something that goes forward in the franchise as well. Okay, so the water fucks it up, so it drops his camo, and now you know Arnold sees it or Dutch sees it for the full time and I just gotta reiterate the design is so fucking cool and I would say other predators look good too but this first one yeah. with like the jungle dreads with like the netting every, every, every everything about the faceplate this is the fucking best looking predator of so all time so we have two things to thank for the design of the predator aside from uh, Sam Winston well Sam Winston for sure but his inspiration was two things mm-hmm. one was a painting in Joel Silver's office of a Rastafarian warrior that was the first okay. thing. The second thing is something we don't see till later, but we actually have James Cameron to thank, to thank for, and that is the mandibles, uh, because they happened to be on a flight uh. together, James Cameron and Sam Winston, and he was doing the des- he was drawing designs for Predator on that flight, and James Cameron just said, "I've always thought it would be interesting for a monster to have mandibles," and that was it. That was that's how uh. they got on there, and it's it's iconic at this point. And uh, uh, Adam. I completely agree with you. I actually have a giant note saying the exact same thing. Um, at this point, you know, in 2023, we've seen so many other mm-hmm. Predator designs. This one is hands down my favorite, my favorite helmet, my favorite yeah. look. And, you know, I mean, Kevin Peter Hall, like the way he moves. I love that shot where he like he's like looks to the left at Dutch, but you think he's looking at Dutch, but he doesn't. But I just love that mm-hmm. shot, the way his head kind of moves and the, the dreads and just the movement, the body yeah. of it. It's yeah. it's awesome. I mean, when he's walking away, he's kind of hopping down and stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, and some of that had to do with the fact that the suit was so heavy that he was actually on a bungee. Oh, oh, okay. oh. so he didn't huh. slip and fall. Yeah, so he in order to be for him to stay upright, they actually had to bungee him for him to move like that. Hmm. So that's there's a little bit of wire work involved. Okay, that makes sense because I don't know how he could have done that safely because I know he couldn't see shit in that thing. Right? Yeah, of course. 
All right, so Dutch now realizes he's got a bit of an advantage. So he preps, and we here we see the kind of nice little montage while he's prepping. The Predator is collecting and cleaning his trophies, all this kind of stuff of the different skulls. And, and you see one skull's got a hole in it, so that's Max, because it's right yeah. in the forehead, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, so uh, when Dutch is ready, um, he covers himself in mud, and he lights a fire, and he lets out a hearty yell. <laughs> like a man! <laughs> It's so good. I mean, it's almost. I mean, it's it's yeah. spine tinglingly awesome. Yeah. If you will, <laughs> makes you so. makes you stand up. Be happy to be a man. <laughs> yeah. So the back and forth kind of begins of their battle. A uh, bit of Dutch kind of hiding against trees and like setting up all these traps and kind of different little explosions here or there. Um, I do like that. Dutch is expecting the Predator to come from one direction at the beginning, but he's so he's just like hugged up against the street, but the Predator comes from fucking like yeah. behind him. Yeah. Basically, it's it's really yeah. well done. Yeah, even now that scene is, I, I always think Dutch is going to get like found out, like it's going to touch his arm or something like that. Yeah. I mean, so we get all different explosions, them fighting back and forth. We're getting the spears being chucked, you know, explosive spears, all this kind of stuff. Um, the the good triangular aiming system, but we see that in use from the Predator as well. We're getting green blood everywhere. You know, eventually Arnold ends up falling into the water after this battle. And shit, now as he's out of the water, the mud has been washed off. So the Predator... Just see, you know, gets to him, picks him up by the fucking neck. Arnold, who is like, you know, peak man, if you will. And this predator just dominates him physically, picks him up by the goddamn neck. And he wants a mano a mano fight. So he kind of strips himself from some of his armor, takes off his sweet looking mask. And you get one ugly motherfucker. You one ugly motherfucker. And you're right, the mandibles, the look of the Predator without the mask is so good. And, Corey, to your point about uh, Kevin Kevin, Mike, is it Kevin Michael Hall? Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin, Kevin Peter. Peter Hall. Uh, his, 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 uh, his movement, after this thing, when the mandibles open up and he kind of has this thing where he brings his arms out wide. I lo- that's my it's favorite move. It's <laughs> such a great shot. I mean, he, the, uh, the physicality of it looks good. The suit looks good. Everything is just scary and intimidating and badass all at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. even in 2023, I look at it and I'm like, how, where's the, where are the seams? Like, where, how do you get the person into that suit? And it's just, and yeah, Kevin Peter Hall, just, he, he, it's just the predator. It is just the predator. It is. And a, a lot of the times for me, it's the eyes yeah. where you lose it. Mm-hmm. But even here, everything, everything gets exactly to like the eyelids and you just don't, okay, they have similar-esque eyes to us, but it makes sense because humans are predators. And so you're right. Within those suits, I almost always lose it with the eyes, but I looked closely on this viewing, and I was like, fuck, that looks so yeah. good. It looks perfect. And I showed my, um, so, so my nephew is uh, seven going on eight. Um, he mm-hmm. wants to desperately watch Aliens uh, with me because he knows it's my favorite movie. <laughs> I told him not until he's eight. Uh, then we can do it. We can discuss it. But <laughs> well, he's a man. <laughs> but we did watch The Mandalorian with him, uh, season one. Mm-hmm. He loved it. But he really liked Carl Weathers' character. And I'm like, cool. And I'm like, so, buddy, you're going to see Carl Weathers again in Predator. And he's like, oh, neat. And I showed him the DVD, you know, the case of it. Mm-hmm. But I showed him on the back. I was like, here's what the Predator looks like. Because he kind of knew what he'd heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And it's a shot of the Predator without the helmet. And he's doing that pose. And I turned it over and showed him. He goes, whoa. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. 
from the mouth of babes, you know, like that design is amazing. And even out of the context of the movie, it is awe inspiring. It is. So, all right. So in this uh, hand to hand fight, obviously the predator just fucking manhandles. Arnold. And this is when you get a lot of the JCVD as well. Um, the shots okay. of Arnold when the Predator's facing the camera and Arnold's back is to the camera and also mm-hmm. looking a lot smaller. That's JCVD. Yeah. Cool. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, Dutch eventually is able to crawl himself into this ditch area, a place that he has prepped earlier. Um, and we see like these little spear things that um, that Arnold is, or that Dutch is prepped on, but the Predator notices that, notices them. And so even though Arnold is yelling, kill me, I'm here, do it! Uh, Predator says, not this way. He goes around this different way, but Dutch also prepped that, that side too and kicks uh, to to drop the booby trap and this big log comes crashing down and fucks up the predator right up on his head and body. Yeah, yeah, because that's the other half of the pulley system, you know, essentially of what yes. was going to drop it. But even here, like Kevin Peter Hall, like when he he's leaning down and he touches the spike and he's like, oh, and he like he's looking mm-hmm. at it. It's all that shit is great. Um, another, you know, sort of point of things uh, that I'm always confused about as a kid, <laughs> the, when the predator takes off his helmet everything is red what he sees and i'm just like yeah. this doesn't seem like a very good evolutionary process here like maybe on well, his planet it's different but like, yes yeah maybe there's the gases you yeah know, on in 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 earth that are fucking with him his sight but i don't know can't see anything in the the regular <laughs> vision and i'm just like it's i don't think that was a smart move dude sure <laughs> uh but yeah he's coughing up blood uh you know and arnold says another good line what the hell are you what the hell are you uh, but then it says back he to repeats him it back. what the hell are you back to him and i love that because that, that was it's like i'm me who are the, i don't know man this that's the shit that i yeah. love about it yes and then uh and then our predator sets a self-destruct sequence on his little arm thing and replays that laugh from Billy and it's very creepy as Arnold has to run his ass out and he is luckily dives from this massive explosion you know just in, in enough space so whoo the guys in the chopper see all this stuff and we got to call out uh, yeah. the the helicopter pilot yes. is Kevin Peter Hall so they gave him a little you yep. know nice little cameo yep, yep. perfect uh, so Dutch is alive uh, we kind of get some sad music here, you know. I, I actually really like this scene. You see just kind of Dutch laying back in, like, the chopper. I mean, he does get out, but it's, like, it's almost sad and stuff. I mean, his entire fucking team is dead. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts back to that... As the chopper heads out, and that is the end of our film. But we get visual credits. Yes! And John and I fucking always talk about how we love visual credits bring them back bring them back <laughs> and they're shot in the style of a sitcom and they're yes, and where they're there <laughs> it's such a weird oddity thing like to put these yeah. weird sitcoms and they're all smiling and laughing and everything it's usually done where it's like a, a, a shot yeah. from the movie this one they were shot for the end credits yeah but then i feel like we you don't see this done too often this is like something that's very and i know you see visual credits but the fact that it's a hard r action movie with sitcom style credits at the end it's that's such good. a weird choice but also fucking brilliant at the same yeah. time i love it I love it. I, I always one of my of favorite memes on the internet I ever saw was somebody took the end credits to Predator and put it to the theme song to Full House, 
and it still works. Perfect. It still works. It works. <laughs> That's <course>. fantastic. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to have too many surprises here, but you know, I'll, I'll start things off just because I'll be pretty quick. It's one of the best action movies, and it still is one of my favorite action movies after watching it all this time. So many great one-liners. I got a little bit disappointed because I wrote notes this entire time, and I just, watching it, I was like, I don't want to fucking work, John. I just want to <laughs> watch this movie and enjoy it. But I had to make pauses to do my notes, and I had to do all this stuff. But it's it's great. And it is just, it's an amazing ensemble of guys. You know, it's such a wonderful action film, and I'm going to love this movie for the rest of my life. Yeah, I totally agree. It's 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 a movie that I will forever be able to watch at any point from top to bottom without worries. It's one of my it's actually one of my go-to uh airplane movies. Like if mm. when I'm on a plane I need to watch something, this is one of my go-to ones cuz I can watch it all the way through and it helps, you know, helps the time pass. There's not honestly other than for me, other than that opening shot that I I wish kind of wasn't there. I, there's not too much wrong with this film. It's it's cheesy in the right ways, and the action is still good. The special effects are chef's kiss. It is one of the most perfect action films. I can't add anything else to that. You guys pretty much said everything. Uh, I will watch this movie until the day I die. I think it's fantastic. It's damn near perfect, but I would say any of the gaffes or the flaws just make it even more entertaining, and uh, it's it's still my favorite era of Arnold, like visually and everything, mm -hmm. and yeah, this movie's been with me my entire life, just like Aliens, and it will be with me until the day I die. Love love Predator, and love Predator 2. I just wished, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I have the, the Predator Blu-ray DVD combo pack, and it, it, here's the downfalls of being a stoner. As I was watching this movie, <laughs> I was like, man, this Blu-ray encoding really sucks. It looks like the DVD. Like, they didn't put any effort into this. Ugh, ugh, and then... I, after I'm watching the whole goddamn thing, I pop it out of the Blu-ray player, and it's it's the DVD of the DVD yeah, Blu-ray yeah. combo pack, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> well, I also I also read that, and this may play to that. The B camera had for most of the movie had actually the wrong film had been purchased, and so even in the original mm -hmm. ones, some of the shots are slightly grainier than the others. That's because the wrong film yeah. had been used. You, you notice it when Dutch, uh, the stunt double of Dutch falling into the water, it looks like Super 8, you know, camera footage. Mm -hmm. And you also notice it uh, on a on a far shot of Mac with uh, Old Painless. It looks all grainy and like like Super 8. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple times. I know times. exactly the shot you're yep. talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Mac's got it. Yes, the far, yeah, he's just unleashing on the jungle and it does look grainier, you're right. Thank you, John, because that was a question I had in my head pretty much my entire life. Like, why the hell does this look like <laughs> Super 8, you know? Yep, makes sense. All right, well. Fantastic movie, Super 8 or not. <laughs> All right, now we're going to talk Alien Nation. So uh, this was a show that ran from 1989 to 1991 season, 22 episodes on Fox. Uh, the show was created by Kenneth Johnson. Uh, he also worked on different sci-fi things uh, like uh, V, that miniseries. Huge. Uh, the show steel or the movie steel uh that terrible film uh, also the 70s hulk show um this was adapted from the 1988 film of the same name have either of you seen the movie no i saw it in the theater <laughs> okay <laughs> of course you did so tell us tell us about the movie yeah uh the movie 
with uh, James Caan and uh, Andy mm-hmm. Mati- uh, what's his name Patinkin. Mandy, Mandy Patinkin. Uh, Mandy, yeah, Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, that movie is a little bit grittier than the show because um, it follows like this idea that the uh, the 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 newcomers have this ability to kind of sort of morph into something bigger and stronger and everything. And James like through this drug and everything. Mm. And James Caan has to fight him. And it's what the creator really liked about the movie was one shot of the of when. James Kahn picked up his partner, Mandy Patinkin's character, as Sam Francisco, at the, his house, and he saw his interaction with his kids and everything, and the creator of the TV show says, that's what I want to hone in on. Uh, the, the, the executives at Fox wanted this to be lethal weapon. He wanted it to be more of in, he, in the heat of the night, uh, with mm-hmm. the action sort of in the background and social stuff in the front. And sure. it is a bit different than the movie. The movie is a bit more noirish detective noirish okay. a bit more gritty a bit more dark and it doesn't sort of get into the places that that this does but they're both two different sort of takes on the same character and they both have their own merits me personally i would take the tv show over the movie hmm. okay um all right i'll go through the cast and then we'll talk about what we all kind of remember from the show so detective matt sykes is played by gary graham uh, he was in Mantis. Uh, he was in Star Trek Enterprise and a lot of small parts. But I will always know him from the cheesy movie Robot Jocks, uh, <laughs> which I just bought a Blu-ray box set from Arrow because of Robot Jocks. Wow. Okay. I'm sure it sounds <laughs> awful. It sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> it's beach. It's cheesy, like full moon style B goodness. Yep. Alien slash uh, newcomer. They call them newcomers. Um, in this uh, series, uh, Detective George Francisco is played by Eric Pierpont. Uh, he was in Liar Liar. He was in Holes. Uh, he was in Forever Young. A couple other things as well. You saw him in uh, Parks and Rec um, a few times as a side character. Yeah. He played the older like police chief that would occasionally show up. Okay. All right. Uh, Susan Francisco, played by Michelle Scarabelli. Uh, she was in Airwolf <laughs> and uh, other small parts. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, Emily Francisco, uh, the daughter, was played by Lauren Woodland. Tons of Young and the Restless after this, uh, but not much other stuff. But yeah, she's been in like almost 400 episodes of that. Uh, Buck Francisco, uh, the kid, uh, Sean Six, pretty much just the Alien Nation stuff. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, and then Kathy Frankel, uh, who is the love interest of Detective Matt Sykes. Uh, for some of the show is uh, played by Terry Trias. She was in all that jazz, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and other small parts. As well. Yeah, and it's interesting. She was actually uh, she was in Deathstalker three and all that jazz, and the same as uh, Sean Six. He was in both of those as well. Oh, okay, uh, Albert Einstein. Uh, there's a character named Albert Einstein. Another one of the newcomers played by Jeffrey Marcus, and just had some various small parts on that on, that he had. It should be noted uh, with these weird names, Albert Einstein, George Francisco and stuff, that in this in this world, the newcomers got to choose their own names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, George Francisco, he first wanted his name to be Sam Francisco. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sykes and like in the pilot episode was like, that's the worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> and uh, and he so he changes it to George. But that's why you have like Albert Einstein and stuff like that gotcha. and everything. Uh, so yeah, and there's other been some other awesome actors who have appeared in various like episodes or one-offs or things like that. So Angela Bassett, Brian Thompson, Jonathan Brandis, Carrie Tagawa, uh, and Lori Petty all appeared on this show. Uh, this show at one point. 
and a Seinfeld alumni and an alumni from the movie The Thing, uh, Joel Polis. Uh, Adam is the the the, the, the the jerk store called. They're all out oh, of Oh, that guy. Okay. The, 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 yeah, nice. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy. All right. So, yeah, this is a, a sci-fi cop procedural. Um, and, John, let's start with you. Uh, what do you remember from Alien Nation? Well, I, I definitely remember watching um, a few episodes, I, I think... Uh, it made the rounds a few times for me. I definitely remembered the thing about them that it was the men who got pregnant. Uh, that was one of the yeah. things that stuck out in my head, and in just the physical design of the aliens. Yeah, the the, the splotchy yeah. heads. I mean, I definitely remember that. So I'm with you. Like, it's a show that I weirdly I remembered the the design of like the aliens more than anything. I think you know because there are some later. Um, TV movies that came out with this and I don't know if like maybe dad watched some of alienation but it was something that it, every now and then the show this show would just be on and I'm like oh it's that show with the weird alien head people and so I, I kind of remember it just popping it wasn't one that was intense viewing for me or hardly even interested viewing right. for me but it was one that I just I have memories of I have seen this show yeah, I think you're right I think and it, honestly it could have been either one of our parents I think really that one but sure more than likely it probably would have been dad yeah, because he was the Star Trek Next Generation, yeah. you know, fan, and he would watch some of that other stuff. stuff. I think probably more than mom. So I, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Corey, what about you? What do you? Because uh, you guys, you this is not your first time talking alienation. Please, <laughs> yeah. plug that and then uh, tell me what do you remember about it. Yeah, um, we covered Alienation on the Podcasting After Dark uh, spinoff show called TV Obscura. You can find that on the Podcasting After Dark feed, but it's a monthly um, show where we talk about weird, obscure TV shows. And we had one, uh, this one, we dropped this one, I think it was uh, July of 2021, so it's a couple years ago. Um, but go check that out if you get a chance. I grew up watching it. I, I knew the movie. I remember the movie. I remember when this came out. Um, I was also a big Fox kid. I don't mean Fox kids. I mean like when Fox first came mm-hmm. out, I watched a lot of Fox shows, uh, Key West, Werewolf, uh, Herman's Head. Adam, you hear me mm-hmm. talk about Herman's Head all the time. Um, and Alienation was one of them as well. So I watched pretty much every episode of this. And uh, I didn't watch the made-for-TV movies afterwards, though, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the show does kind of end on a cliffhanger. And then, you know, and Fox does what Fox does and cancels it after one season and everything. But at least they did wrap up that cliffhanger in the TV movies okay. um, and then in novels later. But I didn't read the novels or watch the TV movies, but I did love the show. Sure. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So this series is set in the near future in the United States. Apparently in 1990, a saucer, a flying saucer crashes in the Mojave Desert and contained a race of extraterrestrials. Uh, the Tenka Tenkanese. Ten, whatever the fuck they all call them new newcomers, uh, whatever. And they're escape apparently escaping slavery under the cruel overseer race. Uh, but they're humanoid, and they've got uh, some similarities, but obviously some anatomical differences. Mostly their head stuff, but they have a greater, some slightly greater physical strength and intelligence. And they they drink uh, curdled milk is kind of like their alcohol. Yes. And I they, think they, uh, they don't, they're not good with water. They can't be around like salt water. And salt shit. water, salt water burns them, and yeah, yeah. that's kind of used uh, occasionally, but not not like regular water. But it's specifically salt water. Yes. Um, but yeah, like, and a lot of the show ends up kind of dealing with social issues about racism, bigotry, about them being incorporated into the human race. And then also, of course, 
interspecies fucking. Um, of course, because <laughs> guess what? When you're going to have, if, if a human can see something that it can put its penis in, a human <laughs> is going to try and do it. And here you have a humanoid uh, alien, and there's going to, there, yeah. That, yeah. that, that's that's gonna that happen. tracks that tracks. <laughs> all, all of this actually seems very timely that uh, we're talking about this because I've been watching the first couple of episodes of uh, Secret Invasion. Oh yes, and they're very similar ideas going yeah, along there. I can see that. So I am I am enjoying that so far. I will I've say. only seen the first episode, but I liked it. We just got to watch the second one. Yeah, second one's good too. So I mean, I'm I'm excited for more of this this series. So, uh, all right. There were five different made-for-TV movies after the series came out. So apparently it did get decent enough ratings, but Fox suffered a financial shortage, uh, which caused lower-than-expected advertising income for them. Um, And as a result, the executives canceled all their dramatic series for the 90-91 to season. And Uh, kept the the sitcom stuff going and everything. Uh, Stuff like Get a Life and everything. Married with Children, all that kind of stuff stuck around. Simpsons. But the dramatic, you know, shows like this uh, got, got cut because they are longer. Um, they're a little bit more probably intense to produce. Expensive. Kind of yeah, stuff. exactly. So uh, and it did end with a cliffhanger. That's actually the episode I ended up watching was I was like, you know, it ends with a cliffhanger. I want to watch that one as opposed to the pilot. I usually watch the pilot. And I was like, well, you know, I want to see how it how this season ended and how the show ended. Um, so, yeah, it was all based on somebody created like a drug that only killed or a bacteria that only killed the newcomers yeah and so they they were trying to figure out what was going to be you know how to how to stop that person and there's all this intense stuff but it was and there was, again there's a lot of romantic stuff between kathy the newcomer and and matt the detective and you know how would they even fuck and i, I don't know we don't know what their anatomy is but <laughs> you thought about it i know um, that, i know so they can't have children no yeah, exactly they, there would be no children in that in that situation so but you might get space herpes you might, you might get space herpes. So. Uh, the show itself was um, pretty popular that it did create, like I said, so it created the um, other TV shows, but also there was a comic book series and yep. a novel set that came out with this as well. So, I mean, this was enough that kept going on. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it pretty much came out to cult status, like sort of yes. right away. I mean, people, people were watching it, but, you know, obviously it wasn't enough for, for Fox to keep the numbers, uh, keep it going, but it did. Because the stuff that it was talking about just reached so many people and, and meant yeah. so much to so many people. Um, but yeah, well, it's timeless. It's, it's they're constant issues like social issues yeah. that gonna keep replaying in human history. And so these are the kind of things that anybody can connect with. Yeah, it's honestly it's just you know the quality of the show when you watch it now and and the 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 style of the clothes that they're wearing is really the only thing that kind of puts it yeah. you know dates it. Otherwise, story wise and everything, it's perfect. It goes. It's perfect in 2023. Sure. Uh, well, yes, with with the the concepts themes. and yeah, yes, the concepts. Okay, let's talk about the. I'll bring up the intro, the theme song. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. It, it kind of they said the way the opening goes it sets up kind of with some narration about these aliens coming etc cetera, etc cetera. and then there's some kind of like tribal music that plays and it's fine i'll say it's fine so, it's not one of the more uh, memorable intro songs out there definitely not um but yeah that's pretty much what i've got i mean i i, I the show really pushed the social issues and it was a cop procedural for sure as you say in the heat of the night was what it's pushing to be yeah. i think it probably did a pretty decent job of 
talking about like these people's lives and how they interacted compared to just you know just going in it wasn't like an ncis um csi where they just got to go in there and solve this murder yes that's an aspect of it but they also have all these interpersonal conflicts and uh, like more human-esque things that they have to deal with which i thought was pretty interesting yeah I mean, even as a as a kid, I, I probably wanted to see more action. Um, but watching it now, I like the interpersonal relationships more than the action in it. I I don't even mind that it's not the most actiony, you know, sci-fi mm-hmm. or cop show out there. It's really it's like Gary Graham and Eric Pierpoints, like their relationship. They have great chemistry together. I think. I think the casting was was pretty damn great on this. Like everyone fits their role and and you know and really pushes the humanity forward even for the aliens as well. Sure. Uh, so yeah, anything else you, you want to add? Like Corey, let's go into our final thoughts about alienation or add anything else you want to add. Yeah, no, I, I think this show holds up well. Um, I watched a couple episodes this time. I watched a couple episodes for TV Obscure a couple years ago. I think it's fine. Like as someone watching it for the first time in 2023, I don't think you'll be off put by anything. Um, you know, obviously you know that you're watching something filmed in 1989, but past that, Everything is well-crafted. The characters are great. The special effects are great for TV and everything. And I like the social issues. I like the commentary that it makes. And it's sad, which you kind of, you watch this, and I kind of feel sometimes we even haven't gone that far in, in these past years. Like, we're almost in the same spot as we were socially, uh, you know, back then. But this is what I love sci-fi for. I love it because you can have commentary about humanity without being too preachy sometimes. You can kind of hide it in the sci-fi and everything, and I think this show is a perfect example way before the new Battlestar Galactica came out, which I think that show does a great job of Mm. of discussing social issues and everything in a sci-fi setting. I think this show before that was even better. And then V had, you know, V was good as well, but this is a great show to discuss social issues within a sci-fi setting. And I love Gary Graham. (laughs) Robot jocks for life! And John, what were your thoughts? I definitely did not rewatch the right episode then because I didn't even make it through a whole episode. I was bored to shit. Um, I, I was going to watch the pilot, but the pilot was an hour and a half, and I didn't want to sit through all of that, so I watched the second mm-hmm. episode, and I think maybe I just didn't watch far enough in because um, I remembered liking the show. I, you know, I, liked, I like your general cop procedurals. Those don't, they don't bother me. I must have just watched the wrong one because I made it about halfway through the episode and I'm like, I am like falling asleep at the computer or trying to watch this and, and just couldn't make it through. So I think this show is just going to have to live in my nostalgia for now on. I am with John. <laughs> I watched, the, like I said, I watched that cliffhanger episode. I watched it, you know, it's the season ender. I was bored. I just I like the themes. I I think Corey is dead on that the concepts and the idea of the show can fit any time. I think it was just the execution and the pacing. I was bored out of my mind. I got through the entire episode, but I'm not a cop procedurals guy. Like John can attest, I, I honestly mostly can't stand cop procedural shows, and this just. Because it fit into that, I didn't. I didn't like it. Unless it gives me something particularly interesting. Sure, alien sex is something that I'm interested in, but it just wasn't enough. And so, 
this show I, I definitely side with john yeah no i can i mean i can see that like if it if cop, cop procedurals are not your jam um i grew up watching them with my dad and everything you in the heat of the night i watched that as a kid and stuff but yeah it's it's not very actiony for sure mm-hmm. and I, that was i definitely think our problem so This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... These steel-jawed beasts have a hunger for destruction. Can they be stopped by the ultimate galactic hunter? Predator! The battle is on. Aliens versus Predator, the hunter against the beast. An alien killer crab attacks, but the Predator crack tusk fires shoulder-mount missiles, and Predator scavenge attacks with a double-barreled bola, each sold separately. Will the Predator win the battle against the evil aliens? Aliens versus Predator! Now get a special two-pack with an exclusive Dark Horse comic. All right, and now we are going to do the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned at the top, we are going to recast The Predator using actors of today. The cast itself is not terribly big, so we're pretty much going to do all of them. We'll do Dutch, Dylan, Anna, Mac, Blaine, Billy, and we'll throw in Poncho and Hawkins for fun, uh, get the whole crew in. I'm interested to see what y'all's vision is for this. Is it a movie? Is it a series? Uh, How you're going to cast this? So let's get started, Adam, with you. Uh, We'll start with Hawkins. Okay. Yeah, I'm going action movie. Mm -hmm. I I stuck to pretty much the style and the guys. You know, this is what it is. It just be, I want a fun action movie. Hawkins, I kind of rushed this one, but you know what? I don't care. And most of my guys are a little bit older, except my, my Dutch is actually probably younger than most of my <laughs> that, other guys. That's kind of how I went, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care. You know, nowadays, everybody kind of can look similar enough age-wise. But uh, this guy, we remember him being a little bit younger. Um, Hawkins, you know, has some funny stuff. This guy has had some minor kind of comical stuff, but he's been in enough, it's like some kind of like superhero and actiony stuff. And I wanted to call him out, John, because you hated the show Animorphs so much <laughs> that I wanted to say, fuck you. <laughs> so I, I cast Sean Ashmore as my Hawkins. You would also know him from like, um, uh, the X-Men right. series franchise and stuff like that. Oh, he was, was he I- Iceman? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was Iceman. Yeah. Nice. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Okay. All right, so I also went with kind of actually went with a younger actor for for Hawkins. Uh, he's kind of known for doing sort of comedic stuff, but his last venture out was sort of comedic slash actiony. So I think it would work well. I went with Will Poulter. Uh, oh yeah, I, I see that. That fits. That fits just fine. We've used him a couple times. I mean, he's obviously had some comical stuff in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Um, even though I don't think. That's what I wanted from my Adam Warlock. Right. Oh, he was Adam. I haven't seen Guardians three yet. Okay, so he was Adam Warlock. It is way too comical for my opinion for what I want. What I wanted for an Adam Warlock, sure. but him as an actor did I think what he was supposed to do just fine. Right. And I like him anytime I say, wasn't he in like Vacation or something? The new National Lampoon yeah, Vacation. I think he was the kid. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, exactly. What, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, kid it wasn't Vacation, it was but it was kid. it was something like Vacation. But it was yeah, yeah. it was Jason Sudeikis He's, and um um. Is it the We Are the Millers? Yes, that's it. Yes, yes. That's yeah. it. Yep, that was it. I liked him. I thought he was great in that. I think that's a good pick. My Hawkins, I went with a stand-up comedian slash actor who actually played the my favorite new Star Wars character in my favorite two episodes of The Mandalorian, and I'm talking about Miggs Mayfeld himself, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. 
Yeah. Okay. I think I think Older. he could do action and then throw sure. that comedy in as well. But you've also seen him do just straight up action or non comedy as well, too. Yeah. I think the fun of Hawkins was that he delivered these comical lines terrible. with terrible timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Bill Burr, true. though, is a great comedian. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure he would do fine. Yeah. And we showed, you know, from the Mandalorian stuff, he actually can fucking act. Yeah. I mean, good stuff. I'm not kidding. Like, Miggs Mayfeld is like my new favorite yeah. Star Wars character, and I love both of the episodes he's in. They're Each sure. season, they're my favorite episode of that season. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, let's move over to Poncho. Adam, who'd you My favorite member of the rescue team. <laughs> Why? No one cares. I know. Literally I, no one cares. Because I'm the same guy who loved Boba Fett. He had two minutes of dying. Everybody, mean, everybody I, loved Boba Fett. Because I always like the underdog, the guy that gets no screen time whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and, him. by the way, Poncho, the actor, was in a, a show, a Fox show that I loved called War of the Worlds, which was an extension mm. of the um, the movie from back in the day, and he was the main character in the first season. Okay. No one okay. cares. No, no one cares. cares. No one cares. <laughs> you have an obscure knowledge of some of these shows, Corey, and a, a knowledge of sub- obscure shows. And it's <laughs> and impressive. I, and so, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So we'll, are we going to keep the we'll same just, rotation? We're just going to keep the same rotation. It's just going to be easier yeah. to remember. Yep. All right. So I went with a guy who has been in uh, multiple different, some like, kind of action-y stuff. He's been in that show, the movie The Losers, John. We talked about that one. But we at least talked about the comic of recasting it. Uh, Pirates. He was in Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. He was in one of the more recent Rambo movies. I went with Oscar Heinada. I know I, I probably didn't pronounce it pronoun- pr- uh, properly, but it's uh, with a J. J-A-E-N-A-D-A is how you spell his last name. Okay. Oh, he's got a cool look. Exactly. Cool. Uh, oh, yeah, look. I know he's that been guy. In, he's been in action-y stuff before. Yeah. I think um, he, would, he could do the job. Nice. That's cool. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I went with a uh, Hispanic actor who's done a, f- a few things. Uh, some he's done some things um, uh, in Spanish and some a few things in English. He was in the show Ozark. Uh, he did a- eight episodes on that, and his name is Alfonso Herrera. Oh, okay, okay. I think I was actually looking at him when I was uh, when I was casting. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. Like he's got he's got like. Like leading man looks to he him. He definitely does. Yeah, he definitely does. But uh, yeah, he's. I mean, I've heard. Has either of y'all saw? Has either of you guys seen Ozark? I've heard great things. I have not, but I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, about it. Myra watched it, so she's done with it, which means I'll never watch it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, if he's in in multiple episodes of that, he's in Sense Eight, which I've also heard is pretty decent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm sure he's gonna do great. Cool. All right, Corey. Uh. Yeah. Um. Probably went with someone a little bit more. Bigger than probably needed to be, um, but uh, he was he played the Terminator in Terminator Dark Fate. He was also a Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield. Um, oh, I'm talking Ga- Gabriel Luna. I Gabriel think. Luna. I said Diego Gabriel Luna. He's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, he's great. And he plays uh, Tommy, the brother in uh, The Last of Us as well. That he's he is great. I want to see him. I mean, he was what he was. Yeah, one of those. You're right. He was one of those Terminators. Uh, but I just want to see him more and more. I liked him as Ghost Rider and Agents of Shield. But yeah, oh, yeah that, that was his, my favorite part for him. Yeah. But that Terminator Dark Fate, I mean, it, it bombed because, you know, the franchise has been neutered at this point. But that one I thought was actually pretty damn good. And it's my favorite after Terminator 2, essentially. Yeah, I know people what they they sh- shat on, you know, the the uh, Genesis Terminator was coming in and terror. killing, killing John Connor at the beginning. Yeah. 
I, I was cool with it. No, I thought that was awesome. I thought Dark Fate was uh, yeah. fantastic. And then the fact that the Terminator sort of evolved and, and understood yes. what he did wrong. It was great stuff in there. And the Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles Terminator TV show was great as well. And it was the same writer, uh, showrunner for that mm-hmm. show as the one who did Dark Fate. And I think that's why it's so good. But Gabriel Luna was great as the Terminator in that movie. He's good. Yep. I just want to see him more. So that's really good. Yeah. Like it. Uh, all right. Let's go to Billy. I'm really actually excited to see how uh, Billy turned out for y'all. So Adam, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, you want to keep. I want to keep him as a uh, native actor. Um, this guy, his uh, he's my age, so he's not. I guess he's and I'm 37. I was like, oh, he's pretty young. I'm like, oh wait, no, 37 is not young. Uh, but he's done stuff from Westworld to The Magnificent Seven, um, which was uh, the Tarantino film, which was pretty decent. Uh, so he, I think, would be just fine. I I liked him in what I've seen him. I went with Martin Sensmeyer as my Billy. Okay, I need to look him up, but the name sounds familiar. I think maybe I have used him for something. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, he's he's, he's perfect. Good look, good looking dude. Good yeah. looking dude. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you see him, kind of like particular in like some of his um, looking more native guard in uh, like pictures I've seen from this show called 1883. He looks like he'd be badass. Um, so yeah, I think he'd, he'd do a great job. Cool. Uh, all right. So I also went with somebody who uh, appeared uh, briefly in Westworld. That's not saying too much because a lot of native actors were used in Westworld because there was a big native uh, contingent part of that show. But here's where I'm going to keep it interesting. This is where this movie is going to become a legacy movie because in my head, my Billy is going to be related to the lead actress who was in the movie Prey. Okay. I like that. So... I went with her father, the actress's actual father. Uh, the actress on that one was uh, Amber Midthunder, and I went with her father, David Midthunder. David Midthunder. Uh, yeah, nice. he's, been, he's great. Done a I, lot I've of stuff. I've seen him in plenty of things. He's, he's a good call. Yeah. So, David, uh, I might have to have him bulk up a little bit because I, li- I like the look of Billy. And, you know, he's it's more commando more than anything else. But I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this. There's going to be a, an ancestral relation here. So I might as well go with an actor who is actually related to him. And David Midthunder, I, it, wasn't, it was like a second thought because David Midthunder is already a good actor. I didn't have mm-hmm. to worry about that. It was just a happy coincidence that his daughter was the one who uh, led the movie Prey, which I th- found to be really good. So yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I went Quite with. Good. And, and John, I like I like your connection uh, because I went with Amber Midthunder as my Billy, and <laughs> because I was like, okay, I know she's already been in a Predator movie, and but I want I'm like, if this is technically going to be the first one, and it's not a remake, like it's the first time that this thing existed, I thought she would be. I mean, she was awesome in Prey, so I made yeah. her my Billy in this. No, interesting call. I'm, I'm cool with. That. I like the change. To a woman, and you, to me, you can still keep the name Billy. Yeah, that's still oh, yeah, works. That's, yeah, of course, that's still oh, works. By the way, I'm going to have a theme going on, but it, it won't be <laughs> too woke, though. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. I, seriously, uh, I know. <laughs> uh, all right, Blaine. There's a lot of different ways we can go with this. Adam, who'd you pick? Yeah, I had a couple different actors, and I and I know I could go with a few others. Um, someone who. It's just, I don't know. He he brings some good humor. Jesse Ventura is an intimidating looking guy. This guy is tall. And he's played some other intimidating 
uh, actors or characters as well. Um, but yeah, he brings some humor to stuff. I went with David Harbour as my Blaine. Oh, oh. <laughs> I like I'm that. Yeah, from Stranger, Stranger I'm, Things, I'm laughing. Red I'm, Guardian. Yeah, I'm laughing because I I like that. It was very unexpected, but I like that. Okay. Yeah, I think he's fun. He would definitely add the the humor. Yes. To it. That's what I. That's he was. And Blaine is my favorite uh, of the ensemble guys. <laughs> the so I want to make sure he would be. I wanted to pick a good actor for that. Um. Okay. So I stuck to the theme. Of using a tall wrestler for my okay. Blaine, because um, Blaine has to be to me. Blaine has to be the big guy, the 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 huge one. Maybe only equal equaled by Dutch, um, mm-hmm. if you if you need to. And so, I decided that uh, Adam, I'm going to give you a little bit of a gift, and my Blaine is going to be played by Bill Goldberg. Hey Goldberg! <laughs> Hell yeah! I, he's gonna if he if he doesn't spear like he doesn't have to spear the the predator, but if he he can spear somebody like as they attack the camp, yeah. I want to see that happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that one. I like that one a lot, especially because now he doesn't have that big beard and everything. It looks does, like a Viking. Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah. Get Goldberg like a, in there. Yeah, that'll be fun. I, I probably if if this was like years ago, I probably would have put Sid Vicious in in that role. But yeah, he's okay. too old for that now. Psycho Sid. Yeah, yeah, Psycho yeah Sid. he's a little old now. Um, well, John, I, I kind of went with someone burly and, and strong and a fighter, uh, as well. Um, but, uh, uh, she, I was, she was giving me, uh, Blaine vibes in Mandalorian season two when she unleashed her, her cannon on, on all the, uh, stormtroopers and everything. And I want to bring her back from cancellation. Yeah. talking about Gina Carano. Now, I like Gina Carano. She really, she really didn't say anything too no, bad. She, like they, she got shat on way too bad. Disney needs to calm down because um, she was a fun character. Really liked her, and she just was really expressing. She has more right opinions, like you know, right sent, right leaning opinions, and that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, I was getting Blaine vibes from her and Mandalorian with her giant machine gun that she had and everything. And I would right. really, I think she'd be awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, she will yeah. have to have her chest explode. So. <laughs> You'd love to see her chest explode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Explode <laughs> out of her shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> She's a beautiful woman. Uh, she has a beautiful Agreed. woman. Agreed. Uh, all right. Let's go to Mac. All right. Mac is awesome. Uh, and I, I went with a guy who actually is, I think, probably I don't know if he's bigger than David Harbour, but I think, you know what, he might be. And he's got this very interesting look to him, a very intimidating look. Uh, he hasn't been in a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah, he's a big dude who I think, how many is that? 27 credits, not a whole bunch. Uh, he was on some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, so he's, you know, I think would be fine with this kind of stuff. Um, small parts, he was in a couple episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine even, and some glow. Uh, but he's got a wonderful look to the guy, and he looks just like a, fucking tank i went with winston james francis as my mac so he's seven foot tall yeah he is my he's my new big guy <laughs> winston oh james. that is a that's a Whoa, big looking that dude. guy yeah i know you t- oh i know who that guy is yeah he is freaking huge yeah okay yeah, he probably, probably doesn't have the acting ability like a bill duke but i don't know he's gonna he's gonna have some 
he he looks like he could be on a on a intense team uh military you know mercenary yeah. group i mean just because so. he's a big dude doesn't mean he can't act i mean he, he might be yeah. able to you know so i mean sure. but i do agree bill uh, um mac was kind of the strongest actor of the group so i do yeah i would want somebody in there that could pull off the acting as well but and i don't know if james you know winston james francis can't i'm gonna assume he sure. can sure 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 sure. i would assume so as well uh all right adam this is uh, this is interesting because I also went with a Winston. I went with I Winston went with, too, by the way. I, 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 dude, I almost... He was the other name on my fucking list. I went with Winston Duke. I went with Winston Duke as well. Damn it. <laughs> I almost did, man. He was the other name I had yeah. written down for Mac was Winston Duke. Yeah, That's a great call. So that's a great call. I love it. Yeah. It was, he, he played... Big, he was Maku in um, Black yes. Panther. Uh, he was also... He's got the acting chops. He was in He's Us. Good. He was the dad in Us as well. Right. So it's interesting because yeah. he doesn't look as big in Us, but then in Black mm. Panther, he looks massive. He does. Yeah. Well, that's camera. That's a good, I love that call, guys. I'm glad both of y'all did that. Damn it. I lost the opportunity <laughs> for all of us to have Winston Duke as Mac, but I would accept him just so you know, literally, he was the other name I wrote down. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that just brings us right back around to uh, Anna. Yeah, it does. Uh, so I had, we were in Colombia for this original movie, and I kind of kept it also kind of in Spanish jungle or you know South American jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with an actress uh, who uh, she's maybe it'd be more in Brazil because she's a Portuguese actress, um, and she can act. She's quite good because I did like her in uh, the James Gunn film, The Suicide Squad. Uh, she has also been in other stuff. She's in Fast X recently. She is wonderful as the rat catcher in uh, that Suicide Squad, but I think she'd be wonderful as our Anna. I went with Daniela Melchior. Or Melchior. Okay. Yeah, no, she's... Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's good. I like mm-hmm. her. Okay. Yeah, I got no problems. Okay, take it. Yours cool. I went with uh, an actress who's been making waves because she got a really big start in her first acting role on a, um, I think it was a Spielberg. I think Spielberg did that one. Um, And she's, I think, got a big career ahead of her. And so hopefully she's not too big to play this role. I went with Rachel Rachel Zegler. Oh, was it the West Side Story? The West Side Story girl, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm cool with that. Nice. Yeah, that's a good She Maria? Yeah, she was Maria. Yeah. Okay. So... With that, yeah. she's not, maybe she'll bust. Maybe she'll she'll uh, distract the predator with a song and dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've used her before. A- I think she's Anna doesn't person. speak all that much, so it doesn't really matter. No, yeah, this is true. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, Corey. Yeah, I went with someone who's real hot right now, and then my idea was that she would kind of be bringing in the younger crowd into the to the movie uh, theater and everything. Um, probably too small of a role for her at this point, um, but I am talking about uh, Wednesday Adams herself, Jenna Ortega. Uh, yeah, they would probably have to up that. I think you know some more speaking role for her. Yeah, that, but I think she's so. Big. She's uh, huge. But yeah, so. she's yeah, she's kind of big, and I don't know if that actually was is the right choice for this. But I was like, you know what, I I liked her. I mean, I think she's. I, I didn't love Wednesday, but I liked her in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I liked Wednesday fine. Okay. Um, oh, I, I liked Wednesday a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant I meant the show. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, she she's also hot. <laughs> of course, I got you. I didn't I didn't immediately go to the creepy like Corey did. <laughs> of course. <laughs> He's sleazy C. <laughs> All right, Dylan, you son of a bitch. Dylan. 
Adam, who did you pick for your Dylan? So you gotta have somebody who I think I, I still I want I want some beefcake, you know? Um, I gotta have some beefcake in my in, not in every Predator movie because Prey, she wasn't beefcake really. Danny Glover's not beefcake. But if I'm going back to the Predator I want, I want a little bit of beefcake. Um, this guy is older. He's not like su- he's not as muscular as Carl Weathers was, you know, because th- that was like the height of like the '80s. Everybody's on roids, all this kind of stuff. But this guy absolutely can have some muscle. I've seen him with some muscle, and he's done some action stuff, and particularly some superhero stuff. And we like him, and I want to see more of him. I went with Mike Coulter, who mm. played Luke Cage as my Dylan. That's, that's a good a, call. That's a good pick. That's that's yeah. really good. I I completely so. forgot about Mike Coulter. If I had thought about him, he he def I don't know if I would have picked him, but he definitely would have been in the running. Uh, okay. that's a good call. Yeah, I like. Right. I pretty much knew immediately who I wanted for my Dylan. I've used this guy a ton, uh, but I don't care because I think not only is he he's is he a good actor, he's got the right mindset to, to play a uh, character like Dylan. I went with Michael Jai White. Oh, yeah. oh I thought. Okay, I thought you were going to say Michael B. Jordan. I was like, oh, did he play his son uh, in the <laughs> in the movie? No, no, no. Uh, Michael J. White, uh, older. How old is he now? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's got he's definitely got the demeanor for sure. Yeah, uh, he's in his he's mid fifties. Oh, 60, Yeah, he can pull. He can pull in mid fifties, and I'm sure he's still. You know, he is like a uh, he's done martial arts, dude, and he's uh, probably still is pretty jacked. Yeah. So I'm sure that I'm sure he's put great. him on yeah, the right. Put him on the right diet. You know, the, yeah, they, I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. No doubt. Uh, all right. Court. Uh, yeah. My Dylan. Uh, we've seen him do comedy. We've seen him do drama. Um, he's done some action, and he uh, he was actually going to have a bigger role, I think, in one of the Spider-Man movies, but they sort of cut him out of it. I am a huge fan of the show Atlanta. Um, I thought his portrayal of Lando Calrissian in Solo, a Star Wars story, was great. And I am going to go with Donald Glover as my Dylan. And it's also because I needed someone age-wise closer to who my my Dutch is going to be as well. So I couldn't. I didn't want to go someone super old. <laughs> I could I could see the doubt in Adam's eyes. I I I mean it's not. There's never doubt for in Donald Glover yeah. that I have because he can and does do everything. Phenomenal actor. I I, I want I think a beefcake and he's not beefcake. <laughs> I think he and can get beefcakey though. I I don't think that would be too hard. And honestly man, you go back and rewatch it. Carl Weathers is not as big as he is like in in you know Rocky and stuff like that. No 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 no. You you should there is one part where he like takes off his vest yeah. and you just see him breathing with his abs just going crazy. <laughs> I'm like this like, is so, true. Yeah. It's, I, you know what? I think Donald Glover could get there. I think he could get there. Okay. Okay. All right. I I'm not going to say anything disparaging about Donald Glover cuz I really like yeah. him as an actor. I disagree with that call, but that's Okay. Okay. That's okay. neither here nor there. Uh, all right, our leading man, Adam, who is your king of beefcakes? Yeah, there's there's some good um, different actors to pick on this. I feel like a lot of people, you, if this was like five years ago, I think everybody and their mother would have just immediately gone to The Rock. I'm rocked out. Yeah. I've been rocked yeah, out yeah. for years. And I just, I kind of, I, I love him with stuff, but I kind of just want him to go away for a while. <laughs> um, and But I'm not, this other guy who is also seen in a lot of the DC stuff. I think he, he's also been in Mission Impossible stuff. He's also been in uh, Badass Witcher stuff. He is somebody who is tall, he looks good, and he can lead a fucking movie and it'll lead an ensemble. And he's, and he's got beefcake. Henry Cavill. 
I'm Superman. Yep. Yeah, he's fucking Superman. I'm cool with that. We're we're in the middle of of watching Witcher season three. I say we, but it's really mostly my wife because the end of the season two of Witcher really kind of like jaded me. Mm. Um, so I really I didn't really cared as much. Yeah. But my favorite thing about the Witcher series is Henry Cavill as the Witcher. He's very he's plays this badass character so well. Um, I'd like to see him in leading more stuff you know if we can't have him as superman let's let's get him in some more things so i think that's perfectly fine i i honestly do not like Zack snyder superman stuff i think i don't think man of steel was a good movie i don't did not like batman for superman and i'm also so bitter about it i will never watch the snyder cut of anything <laughs> um or the extended version of that because like, i don't want to waste and i just don't want to yeah but henry cavill was a perfect casting He's a great actor, and he looks great. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And Adam, everything you said, I'm with you there. I'm not a big fan, especially how dark they make everything, you know, but Can't see shit. Henry Cavill himself is a great yeah. Superman. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so I went with a big name who's also a big guy. Um, it's not going to be much of a stretch, especially because he's done a couple of kind of commando-style movies. Um, in the Extraction series, I went with Chris Hemsworth. How are those Extraction I, movies? I mean, they're making a third one now. I I haven't seen them, but I've heard they're fun. Okay. Uh, okay. From a, for a couple of sources have said they're fun. I don't know if it's been enough for me to warrant. I mean, I think they're just commando action movies. I, yeah. I think, okay. you know, kind of like the Expendables was when they started that franchise. So. Which they ruined when they went PG thirteen in yes. the third one, and they're making a fourth yes. one. And I, I, I the, the third one was garbage, garbage, garbage. I, the only that one I've seen two. is the second P- one. Yeah, two was great. I've only seen the yeah. second one. That's the only one I've seen. First, the first two are eminently dumb, fun, action, watchable. Right. Third one is trash, and that's why I'm probably not going to. And watch it seems the to me like that's what they were meant to be. Right? They were just like, let's yes, bring back the yeah. fun, dumb action. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. But uh, okay, I might have to check out the expa- the um, Ex- extraction that you talked yeah, about. Yeah. I might have to. But I think Chris Hemsworth, he, he, the dude, you saw him in the last Thor, Thor movie. The guy looked like a fucking Adonis. Yeah, he's like, monster. I don't know how much of that was CG or not, but uh, his muscles looked amazing. Yeah, totally. That shit was wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and apparent apparently, like part of that was I don't know if this is true, but he's he is slated to play Hulk Hogan in a biopic. I've heard that Hulk too, Hogan. Yeah. Okay. And so right, like him being jacked up like that would also make sense for that. Um but you know what? It, it either way we know he can get as jacked as he wants. Yeah. And, and so he's, he's really strong actor too, yeah. so I like it. Cool. All right, Corey, bring us home. Yeah. Um the person I picked, uh I think they're primed and ready to to really pop. Um, I, we've seen them before on the Mandalorian. We've seen them in, uh, Z nation. Um, uh, but we've also seen them on, on Ant-Man and quantum mania. I'm talking about Katie O'Brien, uh, in Ant-Man quantum mania. She played Gentora, the, the chick with the six pack. And she's like really like the leader of the rebellion in the quantum verse oh, yeah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. I she's- used her recently in something. Okay, she's she's real strong. She's very muscular. Um, But she played uh, on the Mandalorian. She played like that comms specialist in season two. And then in season three, she was kind of like being re she's still like a bad guy or something. Yeah, but. Gentora and Ant-Man and Quantumania is really what solidified it for me. I was like, holy shit, she's got a presence and she is she's beefy, she's strong, and I think I think she's about to pop. I think she's going to get big, uh, you know, re- relatively soon. As Ooh, far yeah, as John, one of us, 
I think one of us. I think we both used her for something. Yeah, pretty recently. I think I agree. And I, she does. She's got some good arms and whatnot for her. <laughs> Follow her Instagram page. All she is is like working out and everything and wow. doing like dips. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you can you could pull off a Dutch. But obviously she's not going to be as big. Um, and like my, you know, like Winston Duke would be bigger than her. But I think I think, you know. Mac was supposed to be bigger than Dutch in the movie sure. as well. So I kind of went with that. My biggest problem with the casting was ages and stuff. Um, Cause I knew oh, sure. that she was going to be my Dutch like right away. And then I'm like, but she's still kind of young, you know? So I'm like, ah, but whatever, you know, you can always kind of just fudge. Uh, all. If, that if she's a strong leader, if she can have the presence to be a strong leader, then you're just going to go with it. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Well, and I didn't want my recu- rescue team to be all women. I want it to be a mixture mm-hmm. of, of guys and girls, sure. you know, so. Sure. Yeah. I get it. I'm a sexist asshole. I just went with dudes. <laughs> you're you're uh, you're calling me an asshole. I get it. I have. You are an asshole. <laughs> Canceled. Well, sometimes I park in handicapped places <laughs> and watch handicapped people <laughs> well, make <laughs> handicapped faces because I'm an asshole. <laughs> <Yo-de-yo. Yo-de-yo. laughs> I had that CD, man. I had it's so it. Good. It's so good. Such a good song. Okay. Wore it out too. Uh, all right, Corey. Thank you for coming on, buddy. And. Uh, Doing this, I want you to do a little pluggy plug. Uh, first off, I just want to say thank you all for having me on the show. And also as a listener for years now, thank you for all the content and entertainment you've provided me personally. Because I know all the episodes were made for me personally. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> It's all for you, Corey. It's, it's all, all for, for me. But yeah, you guys can check me out over at uh, Podcasting After Dark. Uh, these guys have been on various episodes, watch lists and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to have you guys back on for some TV Obscura in the future. Um, but yeah, podcasting after dark. Zach and I talk about cult movies from usually the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Uh, really weird stuff like Treasure of the Four Crowns. Crap that most people don't even know about. Um, but of course, you can also catch me and Adam talking every week about, right now, Curb. Because uh, we actually mm-hmm. went through Seinfeld all the way on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And now we are... Uh, Adam, about what uh, three fourths of the way through Curb? We are, uh, I'd say, yeah, a little, even a little bit farther. Yeah, than that. yeah. So that's so. gonna be. Uh, we've got a few more months of recording, but then, uh, yeah, we're we're rocking over there. So it's been a blast. It's been a blast going down mm-hmm. that road with you, man. I've never seen Curb before, so that's kind of the crutch for uh, for Cartwright presents Curb. Curb your enthusiasm. Adam has seen, you know, the bulk of it. Well, I've never yeah. seen any of it, so. Yeah, but we're now in all uncharted territory because we're in like the newer stuff that's 2017 and younger, which I or and newer, which I have not seen. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it's it's uh, been a bit of a roller coaster. It has, <laughs> yes, to say the least. <laughs> it's not as consistent as uh, other shows. Nope. <laughs> all right, and that was our recasting of Predator. Please join us next time for another album review. John and I go over the grunge classic album Purple by Stone Temple Pilots. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.
Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>